Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? With July ending and August just around the corner, if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Where are you putting your money? Major League Baseball, the pennant races are going to start to heat up. Who do you have in the National League West? Dodgers, Giants, Padres. Did anybody expect the Red Sox to be this good? Well, not me because I'm a Yankee fan and I hate the Red Sox. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. As many of you know, I am a huge proponent of the multi-sport athlete. I think it's the most beneficial thing high school kids can do, and any coach that tries to prevent kids from doing that should find another profession. Anyway, I digress because this week we're talking to one of the top up-and-coming multi-sport athletes in the Southern section. Tiger Bachmeyer from Murrieta Valley is not only an impact player on the football field, but he's also one of the top pole vaulters in his age group. Tiger, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Mr. Tony. Um, Okay, the name Tiger. Your brother's name is Hank. Your name is Tiger. I just met your brothers, Bear and Buck. How, where did those come from? Uh, well, that's a question I get asked a lot. And uh, Hank was a, he was the first child and he's actually named after my grandpa. And, and I guess we just didn't, didn't stick with an animal nickname for him. Um, Hank's, <laughs> Hank's a nickname that comes from Henry. Uh, so he has a nickname, just not as cool. No, heck no. But um, actually my nickname is kind of the same way. Um, so my dad's biological grandpa, he died in a plane crash when my dad was really young. Uh, and I'm actually named after him. So my full name is James Florian Bachmeyer the fourth. Okay. And it was pretty cool that, uh, my grandpa and, uh, my dad's grandpa would actually call, call my dad tiger. And he was the only person who called him tiger and he had a really raspy voice. And he would just say, get over here, Tiger. And uh, so, so I, that, that's what got passed down to me. Um, so I started, as soon as I got into um, elementary school, um, we just started signing Tiger in all my papers. And so to a lot of people, um, my real name's kind of a surprise. Uh, they just that's think a, it, that's they a great story. And your um, brothers, Bear and Buck. <laughs> So those were just kind of spur of the moment. Um, think think they ended up happening in the emergency room. <laughs> just uh, had to give them something something to compete with the name. There you go. There you go. I mean, what sports did you play as a little kid? Because you're you're a, just finished your sophomore year, going into your junior year. Um, you know, a lot of kids play a lot of things when they're little. Were you that kind of kid? Uh, definitely. I played played basketball, football, baseball. Um, and then I actually didn't, didn't get into track and field until, um, these, until this, this year. Uh, so that's something I picked up, but I was always a three sport athlete. Um, 
And uh, I even messed around, around playing tennis. And <laughs> What do you like about playing multiple sports when you're – because everybody just wants to go out and do everything when they're a kid. What was it that drew you to the other sports? Uh, I think it was definitely the different environments um, that I could put myself in and the different skill sets uh, that kind of coincide with each other. And I think the big part of my uh, receiver skill set is – from being a great center fielder, um, great shortstop, uh, being able to track the ball in the air. Um, and it's funny how how if I think back to plays that I made in baseball over the shoulder, how it how it correlates to an over over shoulder catch um, in football. And a lot of people think that, and I'm a firm believer of this, that there are so many crossover skills that go from one sport to the next. And you're absolutely right. Center field, wide receiver, over the shoulder, you know, coming in on a ball, jumping for a ball. Those things have really helped you. What other sports have helped you? What other skills did you get that have helped you in football and in pole vaulting? Um, I'd have to say that basketball and versus press and getting off the line are almost identical. Um, getting past the defender and using your footwork to get past um, body control and everything of that sort uh, comes from basketball, and I can I feel that um, relation between those two sports. And Your brother Hank, we've been going up for rebounds. Okay, so go getting a rebound is like going up and getting a jump ball versus a, a safety or something. Yeah, yeah. So actually, um, I have a story because my pole vault coach always always brings up uh, going up to catch a ball. Um, in order to, to pole vault. Um, and that's that part piece of the puzzle. Uh, he fits together with, with football and going up to catch a ball uh, like a receiver. And my pole vault coach, he's definitely probably the in, in the in in the nation. He's probably the most known pole vault um, organization in the nation and in maybe the world. Who is your pole vault coach? His, his name's uh, Doug Boma. Okay. Uh, with Walter, Walter Magazine. Okay. Um, in Walter Club out in Menifee. Okay. He puts on, he puts on um, pole vault exclusive meets. Um, and he's also um, Murray Valley's pole vault coach. Okay. So, I mean, I got pretty lucky there. Yeah, you did. And, and we'll get into that. But let's talk some football first. Your older brother, Hank, who is an absolute stud, um, you know, now at Boise State, when you were little and he was, you know, up and coming and needed somebody to throw to, did he drag you out to throw? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every weekend, um, almost almost every day uh, when we could fit it in. But I have to, I have to say a lot of it was, was in the house, in the living room. Um, and we have a little hallway. Uh, a hall, I mean, it's a long hallway in our house where we'd play uh, tackle, tackle football. And uh, I mean, it didn't make my mom happy, but we'd be banging into the walls and uh, tackling each other. Uh, but we'd, we'd always have footballs around in our house, um, just playing catch uh, outside. Uh, and then when we go to the field, uh, I have the opportunity to catch for my younger brother, who's a quarterback, and my older brother, and then even my youngest brother. Uh, I go out and run routes for all of them. And then... Uh, they're all – they snap the ball to each other. So. so you've got all these quarterbacks in the family, but you're a receiver. How did 
How did that work out? I think at a young age, um, my hand-eye coordination kind of excelled over uh, my brothers, and I was I was really good uh, catching the ball, and I think I think that just kind of kept pushing me to to catch the ball, um, and I was I was actually uh, a backup quarterback. Uh, I was always the backup quarterback uh, growing up, uh, with receiver as my primary position and uh, safety too, but I was always um, backup quarterback and learning the offense uh, from a quarterback's point of view. And that's got to help you now. How much did Hank help you with learning the wide receiver position as far as maybe reading coverages or route running? Because obviously having somebody at that division one level has to be an advantage. Um, well, even, even um, at Hank's high school level, he was pretty advanced in those coverages. So when he was in high school, I was in middle school. And from then on, uh, we could talk about uh, reading coverages and what to expect when they bring uh, safeties down into the box and who's blitzing. And it's a lot more advanced from a quarterback's perspective, but I feel like having heard it from Hank, what he looks for um, is what I look for when I'm watching film with him. Um, and it's a little different on the field because I, I'm i looking at mostly the safety, the linebacker in the corner, um, and sometimes sometimes even the end, but the quarterback's looking at the whole entire field. So um, so I guess that from that from that point of view, I can <laughs> – I can I can sit in the quarterback room and and talk it out with them. So I think that makes me pretty advanced well, receiver. It definitely has to help you. And now, you know, recently with the pandemic, a lot of athletes didn't have opportunities to be with their teammates to get better due to the protocols, but you I I knew you had Hank as a quarterback, but I didn't know you you had a, a bevy of quarterbacks as little brothers in the family. So does it, you get you may get tired, but you got three or four arms to throw to you. They probably never get tired. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that way. Uh, I never get a break, uh, but and it's kind of a joke we always bring up. Like you signed up for receiver, you signed up to run for, run run back and forth. <laughs> we signed up to stand in the pocket. You're the one that's out there working. They're just dropping back and throwing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets to that point uh, where I'm I'm huffing and puffing, and and they're still still ready to sling. Yeah, that's all good though. So last year or, or this past spring, the abbreviated season we had, you had a huge impact for your team. Five games, thirty-three catches, six hundred yards, six touchdowns. Three games, you were well over one hundred and twenty yards. Then on defense, you chip in with almost 20 tackles. How did you prepare for the season with all of those limitations put upon you? And what do you attribute that amount of success to? Um, I'd have to say that having COVID year, um, as far as development, was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because I really stepped back and focused on what I could do um, where my weak points were and what my strengths were. Um, and I really wanted to work on speed and, and getting out of my routes. Um, so I, 
I began uh, working through uh, just run, running hills and, and lifting. And actually, I, I live on a hill, so, <laughs> so uh, I live out, live out in the mountains. Um, and so we're throwing balls through tire swings and, and just uh, running up through there. Um, but every, every, every day without, uh, I guess I have to take a step, step back here and say that Hank, Hank was back, back in town, um, when, when COVID hit and, um, right away there was no, there's no sitting around, uh, we knew we had to keep moving. And so right away we got, got a plan together. And um, lucky enough, we had uh, we have a rack at our house, and we were able to keep lifting and running, uh, and running routes. And so I, so we never really stopped, uh, never stopped training throughout the season. Uh, so it was definitely wasn't a lost year for me. Uh, and even even the environment when we got into practice with um, at Murray Valley. Um, the environment that the coaches put around us that we're not wasting this year. We're going to keep working. Um, and we kept, kept pushing, uh, kept pushing for having a season. And when, I, when we actually got the call, um, well, whatever day that was yeah. to start, to start, um, start practice, practicing for a five game season. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise at all. Right. Now you mentioned your strengths and your weaknesses, a wide receiver. What are those? What are your strengths? And I've seen some videos of you. I, and I'm just going to just spitball here. Obviously, your size, your strength, your speed, and you have tremendous hands. What what else are your strengths, and where do you need to improve? You know, um, I've been working a lot out of uh, separate separation. That's always going to be something that I'm going to continue to work on, um, both generally and uh, I like to work specifically with routes that we have in our route tree, and then um, based off of that, uh, working working on routes that I don't have in my route tree that I know I'm going to see in the future. Uh, and a lot of routes I can kind of put together that run through the same stem um, or have the same same steps, uh, whether I'm counting steps from my inside foot or my outside foot, or if it's solely off of off of depth uh, because we're trying to get another route open. Um, and another piece of the puzzle is, is working with other, my other receivers, because a lot of our offense is our chemistry, not only between our quarterback, but between our, our, our other receivers. And so something I'm looking at when I'm watching film is how fast is my other receivers, the slot, or if I'm at slot, how fast is my outside receiver getting to his spot? Um, and if there's more time I can take at the top of my route, or if there's more time I can take at, at um, the line of scrimmage. Um, so a lot of it is going to be continuing to, you know, to stay in the, stay in the weight room, um, get, get faster is always, always also going to be, um, another point that I want to uh, keep keep uh, chipping at, um, you know, it's not the it's not it's not going to be the most important thing, uh, but speed off the outside is 
is always going to be um, helpful with split second separation. Um, and also um, blocking, blocking and just getting my feet moving around um, is something I feel, I feel like blocking is more an effort, effort thing that I always put effort into. Um, but there's definitely technique. Uh, and, but at the end of the day, you just have to go in, uh, go in with your face mask down and, and hit into a, a linebacker who's standing up. Yeah, a lot of times you see those wide receivers out there blocking the corner and they just kind of stand there and go, hey, I'm just I'm just out here. Just don't hit me or do anything because the play's going the other way. Do you take a lot of pride in blocking even though the play may be away and you may be on that backside? Um, I take uh, I take pride in in the 90 percent of the plays where I don't get the ball um, being in the play. So what I mean by that is if it's going to the left side and I'm on the right side, um, if I can get if I can get all the way across the field and make a make a block that gives us extra yards, then um, that means my time is worth it there. Uh, and and uh, on top of that point, running routes to get other receivers open. We uh, talked about that a few seconds ago. Uh, just whatever I can do to get other people open or, or get other people's stats. Cause I know in the long run uh, or a few plays, maybe in the next play, or maybe it opens up something in the fourth quarter uh, where, where I'm going to block a linebacker and I slip up through the, uh, through the middle of the field and catch, um, catch an over route. Cause I know all of that sets up and that's something that I look, look for when I watch film and that's something we game planned um, and a lot of, a lot of our offense is RPO based. Okay. So we're getting, there's plays, um, RPOs, there's a chance it's a run chance. It's a, it's a pass. And you have to, after you're running your route, you have to step up and block if you don't end up getting the ball. But, uh, most of the time our RPOs are slants, um, sometimes, uh, condensed posts out routes. Um, and if I'm, if I'm near the ball, find someone to block. Um, if I see the ball thrown, basically just run to the ball, block off, block someone, um, block someone in the way. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of other, um, I like to pride myself on a lot of my teammates highlight films are me running and catching up to them or me running and, and blocking, blocking for them. Uh, and so I kind of, kind of like to point that out to them uh, when I see when I see their highlight films. If I'm if I'm on if I'm in the camera. Well, and then you want them to block for you, and you get the ball. So turnabout is fair play, right? Oh, uh, definitely. <laughs> I, now, how much fun has it been getting back out to practice? You know, there was there was the stop the season, no season. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. <laughs> then you have the five game season. But now the CIF has said they want to go full bore into everything as scheduled. How much fun has it been for you guys? And has there been an extra energy out there within the program? Uh, it's funny you say that because we bring up energy every single day and having, um, having uh, a high energy and how, how it really brings up our practice tempo um, and our morale. Um, <laughs> And so uh, our practices get pretty crazy um, in the beginning, 
you know, during, during warmups, uh, we, every, everyone's yelling, uh, and we have, we have a pretty, pretty, Thinking of the word here, an uh, intense group, pretty, pretty dialed up um, as far as timings and um, in in pretty just uh, in the manner that we that we do our warm ups, um, where every everyone's um, slapping hands um, or just yelling and coming congregating um, in huddles and throughout throughout all the practice, we're always breaking. Um, off family, uh, that's really the only break we ever go off of is family, and the you know the environment that Coach George um, and our OC, all of our coaches, been able to put together um, to really build build a um, a brotherhood, and that's that's really what I was missing uh, off of off of the COVID year was being together, being together on the field. And we spent we spent a lot of time off the field together, but it's uh, it's just different when you're in, in yeah. pads uh, with all your friends and and it it is you're right it it is a brotherhood and it's it's something special that everybody gets back on the field together instead of doing a hundred Zoom calls and not being able to see each other. Now you're getting a lot of attention for the next level for football. What are you looking at, or have you started to really take that seriously, or are you just focused on getting better? Um, the next level is always in the conversation, but from uh, from how, how I look at it, uh, I'm more so looking at what are what are colleges looking for that I can continue to work on. Um, rather than just develop myself. Um, it gives me goals to look for. And whenever, whenever I'm in a recruiting, um, on a recruiting call, um, one of the biggest questions that I, I always try to ask, um, I always try to ask coaches is, what are you looking for from me, um, either from the future, or what do you see now that I can improve on? Um, and, and like, where can I go from where I am? Uh, because a lot of a lot of the recruiting is um, coaches like to point out what what they like about you, but I I really want to hear the criticisms that they have, um, and it helps me to to bond with coaches um, in that sort of way. And then it helps you get better because they're saying from that level, that higher level, hey, this is what you need to work on. And then if you actually work on it, and then they see that on film, it just makes you that much more special for them. Yeah. I, um, really brings up like coachability uh and i feel like coaches like to I, I feel like i'm always trying to learn um like a sponge just trying trying to always pick up i always have a notebook with me and i'm writing down uh, whatever i can and sometimes i draw plays plays and uh hand them to my coach <laughs> see what he hey, thinks. here you go hey coach let's try this <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, i i feel like coaches um, you know, coaches, coaches like me, um, because they can say something to me and, and, I, um, I'll continue to do it and I'll add it and I'll, and I'll also teach it to my teammates. Um, so let's talk pole vaulting real quick. Okay. How 
did you get started pole vaulting? Because a lot of guys in track, they're going to go, the skill guys are going to be sprinters. The the linemen are going to be throwers. You don't see many football pole vaulters out there. How'd you get started? Uh, so that uh, brings me to my sister, who is, uh, her main sport is track and field. Um, in high school, though, she played tennis, and she also picked up rugby. Um, and so she was... Um, she was pole vaulting. Uh, she got. She tried out pole vaulting, um, and she was. She's a hurdler, uh, and she was. She was okay at it, uh, but she was. She was. She got into it, and she was doing drills, and. And she said, "I think I think Tiger would be good at this." So she had me try out some drills, um, and I was doing pretty good, and eventually she got me. Um, got me with her coach, uh, and I was just kind of messing around with it, and that was that was maybe a year year ago ish um, before COVID. Um, before COVID, I was I, I tried it out for fun, um, and for whatever reason, uh, I didn't pick it up till didn't pick up a, a pole again until this a few months ago. Well, and let's talk about that. I want to go over some numbers just to let people know how much you've improved since your first meet. April 22nd, you vault 10-6. Okay, respectable. Tough to improve on something that difficult, but you kept getting better. Your next meet two days later, you go 11-3, an improvement of nine inches. I saw a video, you were, it seemed like you were going flat over the bar a little bit, didn't have a lot of height. What do you remember about those first two meets? Um, uh, Were you nervous? Getting, getting to the uh, – I, I was a little nervous uh, getting, getting into – I guess it's, it's different when uh, fans are, are watching, watching uh, just a single person going at the event. And that's that part of pole vaulting um, and individual sports is it's a different kind of adrenaline rush uh, because, you know, everyone's watching you, um, whereas in football and other team sports, everyone's watching the team um, until until you make a play and you have the ball. Uh, but from from the time you step onto the runway, uh, every everyone's watching you and and I'm, I like that feeling, a feeling of adrenaline and everyone, uh, everyone's there. Uh, but from, from those first meets, uh, the mentality was, was let's get over, let's clear a bar and uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens from there. So that 10-6 that um, was actually, I think I cleared either one bar or two bars, um, but I got over it. And then um, the thing about pole vaulting is it, it always ends on three misses. So I, you know, I, t- I attempted the 11, um, I attempted for 11 right after the 10-6 and I, I missed that. And so uh, walking, walking off from the meet that day, it was like, oh, I know I, know I can get that 11 um, and after watching videos uh, in the bars here and I'm right here and I just kind of came crashing down 
Um, and so uh, luckily we were able to fix some things. Um, and that's, that's kind of how, kind of how the season went. Uh, there was, there was about 10 meets, I think. And, and I was uh, able to continuously um, tie my PR or keep PRing and um, go back to the board and, and fix, fix what I could from there. So from that 10-6, my very first meet um, of the season, and then I think it was – that meet was on a, a Thursday or a Wednesday, and then on that Saturday I went, went to an invitational at San Clemente, and I, um, that's where I got the – the 11-3 PR. And then on April 29th, the whole week after you started pole vaulting, you go 12-6. So in a week, you improve two feet. That's insane. Then against Vista Murrieta, you go 13-8. Your league finals, you go 14-3. In a month, I just, in one month of pole vaulting, you improved almost four feet. What were the keys to you being so successful doing this? Um, so uh, the so I was with a a really good coach, and he had basically his um, he had a practice facility in Menifee, and I guess that's 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 the biggest point. It was, it was like Disneyland for pole vaulting. Um, and pole vault's a really technical sport, um, and it's it gets pretty expensive. Um, and, but luckily, um, luckily my coach had um, a bunch of different poles uh, poles to try out. And for those of you who don't don't exactly know how pole vault works, um, the poles they go up um, in size by length, but also by how stiff they are. Um, and the correlation between that and my weight, um, it it changes how much how much it bends or how much it shoots me up. And so ideally, ideally you want to be on um, as long as a pole as possible, um, and you want it to be as stiff as possible. Um, and you just keep keep building up. And a pole poles are maybe six hundred dollars for a pole. Um, in some, some, uh, some are even more than that. Uh, but my coach, my coach kind of sat down with me and said, we're going to go all out. Um, I see potential in you and I want to keep, um, keep everything as simple as possible and, and keep, keep working. Um, so that after that 12, 12, six day, uh, I had used, I had used maybe 10, tried out 10 different poles. And if you if you think about um, the math that I just said, uh, six hundred—that's six thousand dollars, right? It's there. a lot of money, man. And and from that point, my coach said, "Well, I, I, we're out of poles. You can't go. <laughs> we can't go up poles anymore." So he he calls um, his club is is sponsored uh, uh, his sponsorships, um, and he's well, he's the biggest name in, in pole vaulting. Um, in the on West Coast, and and he he got on the phone with uh, Fiber Sport Poles, a uh, pole brand, and and they they started building the poles from scratch. Um, that we bought, I think it was 
seven or seven or eight more poles. Uh, and they were being shipped out from the time he called uh, three weeks, three or four weeks later. Um, yeah, so three, maybe three, two, three, four weeks later um, at the facility. And these poles take normally like two or three months uh, to build with all the handling and, and time that goes into it. So right away, um, when my coach was godsend and he was um, really pushing for me to do well. Uh, so once once I got through those new poles, um, the very we got them on a Monday or Tuesday, and our meet was on a Thursday, and I got on that pole, and I think that was when I got my thirteen eight PR. If that if that timeline adds up correctly, but uh, well, then on on June nineteenth at the CIF state meet, you go fourteen nine, and and you cleared it by a lot, and on the same day, you went fifteen three. So we're talking from April 22nd to June 19th, which is a couple of months. You you improve over five feet. And and that's just remarkable. I want to ask you, the, the weight training in football and, and the weight training needed for pole vaulting, how similar are they and how do they each help each other? Because pole vaulting, obviously, you know, you're, you're running, so you need lower body, but you also need some upper body strength to get yourself up and over the bar. So that was kind of an equation that we were trying, we were balancing out. Um, you know, obviously I would, my mindset was to train for football and see how that works out for pole vaulting. Um, and so the biggest, the biggest uh, weakness I probably had in pole vaulting was lat, lat strength, um, which is mostly pull-ups and, and even rowing, row, rowing a boat. It's those muscles that you use um, for that. And, and in football, it's not needed as – it's not as uh, prominent to see someone with really huge lats. Uh, and that's a big part of pole vaulting. So that's where I found um, was one of my weaknesses and something that – um, throughout this next football season, um, if, if, if it's something, if I have extra time um, to lift, um, it'll be something I'm focusing on. Um, but as far as lower body um, strength, there's no, no, real, no real difference um, because all I was striving for was speed, um, speed in football, which came from squatting and deadlifting and and um, in pole vaulting, um, squatting and deadlifting, um, it's the same, same, same lifts. Uh, but also, it's a pretty, um, pretty calis- uh, a lot of calisthenics and, and core in pole vaulting, which I found out to help me in football, um, building up my hip flexors, uh, which, which. Um, my um, fun fact is uh, sp- world-class sprinters have biggest hip flexors um, versus um, a normal normal walker or any other sport. Their hip flexors are way bigger than anyone else's. And um, so I was something, something that there's just small muscles that, that helped, helped me um, work on speed. So I, I was really working my lower body as like a sprinter and okay. then, and then my upper body, upper body, uh, not in a sense to get uh, really big, 
but to be uh, coordinated with it and, and uh, if anything, just to have strong lats. Are the Olympics a dream for you? Are you chasing uh, that guy Duplantis to maybe go one-on-one with him? Um, no, actually, I wrote down uh, wrote down in my goal book. Um, um, it's uh, a book that we have. I put down all my all my markings for pole vaulting, um, and it says, uh, "You know, beat Duplantis," and <laughs> and. Uh, no, I'm I'm not too far away from from that um, uh, from that actually becoming a reality. Uh, and I did I did that five feet around the five feet uh, in in that long, um, and these next few feet they're going to be a lot harder. But uh, in pole vaulting around 16, 16, 16 and a half, 17 feet is when they start um, giving out full ride scholarships for pole vaulting too. And uh, being at 15 with two years left to build up that two feet um, would get me into college. And so I think at that time um, would be where I I'd choose, choose between football or pole vaulting uh, or, um, or if college would allow it to to be a multi-sport athlete in college, and I do see that as a possibility. And actually, um, I've had the Cal. Um, I have a football offer from Cal, um, and recently, uh, I know uh, recently one of the Cal um, coach, the, actually the main Cal track and field coach, um, who's following me on social media, and so. Um, it's cool to see that I'm having a presence in the pole vault area with coaches in college. Well, that's, that's awesome. Young man. I, I, I look forward to, I saw that video and I saw your story and I thought, what a, what a great story. Um, you're a tremendous football player. You're obviously a tremendous pole vaulter. I look forward to watching you play f- football this year and then, you know, watching your success, um, as, as a pole vaulter. Last thing before I let you go, I want to ask you five off-the-wall questions. All right. What is your favorite football movie of all time? Uh, it might be, uh, I'd have to say Express with uh, Ernie Davis. Okay. Maybe uh, I've watched that probably 15 times. Um, we had the disc and was growing up, I'd always watch it in the car. Um, but that's probably my favorite movie. It's just about perseverance and I love the love the orange. Uh, uh, Syracuse. Yes, yeah, so it's Syracuse, and uh, you know, just him bat- battling through leukemia. Uh, yeah, your favorite wide receiver to watch. Uh, I'd have to kind of give that a mix. I love Devonte Adams. Uh, it's off the line uh, in his releases, and I like. I mean, I like Cole Beasley just being a smaller guy, and and you know, it's it's something um, something that I kind of think about myself is um, I'm a bigger receiver uh, for a slot type, uh, and I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but but I feel like I play smaller, um, I I move off the line and I get out of breaks as if I was a shorter receiver, but when the ball's in the air, I play like a bigger receiver. Um, and, 
So I like Devontae Adams and I like Cole Beasley and uh, yeah. All right. What's your favorite subject in school? Uh, I like science. Uh, okay. But I'm uh, I I excel in school. Um, I'm uh, I'm. It's hard to say if I have a favorite subject and if I what I want to. I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Uh, well, you're a sophomore. You shouldn't know what you want to do. Enjoy your time right now. What's your favorite ice cream? Uh, double chocolate. Double chocolate malted crunch. <laughs> Maybe I just I, I love chocolate. All right. Uh, but actually, I I kind of gone on a, a not not necessarily a diet, but just. Um, sticking away from uh, junky foods and um, eating eating clean, really. Um, I've done that for the past two or three years. Uh, but I, you know, if I'm if I'm out, I'll have I'll have ice cream. Uh, you know, if it's a big day. <laughs> there you go. And this is a loaded question. You've got to be careful with who's in the room. Who is the best athlete in the family? <sighs> uh that to be my sister. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, there's no, there's no competition if I say that answer. Right. There you go. <laughs> well, actually, she's in, she's in the room, but <laughs> and um, she's, and she's throwing things at you, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, as far as um, just picking up, uh, like, just picking up something and and excelling at it. Um, I'd have to say that my sister and I are, are uh, the best at just picking up something and, and being above average at, at doing it, um, basically in anything. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, Tiger, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this. This has been a wonderful experience for me. I mean, like I said, I, I met your brother a couple years ago. I met your dad. Um, he was very nice after that Oaks Christian game came up, started talking to us, followed Hank's career to Boise State, and I look forward to following you this year next year and and much further on into the future so thank you for taking the time to do this today um uh, well we didn't we didn't talk about uh, sprinting our uh my uh four by one team uh we went all the way to the finals uh, missed that so I just okay to so what okay so now what's your hundred time um so i i'm um i i didn't get a chance to um really set a time in the hundred because I would pole vault would um, overlap with that. But with four by one being the first event um, with four by one being the first event, I could, I could uh, jump from four by one into pole vaulting and it worked out like that. Um, so we uh, fastest time we clocked a 42, um, three, nine, 42, four around there. Uh, and so we, I um, was, Brought us, brought us all the way to, uh, brought us all the way to, to uh, state the very final round. Uh, but I'd I'd like to see, I'd like to see what my uh, fastest hundred time would be, um, uh, because that um, that that meet that we ran the final meet that we ran the four by one with, um, one of one of their top guys ran a ten two. Uh, their anchor ran a ten two, um, so I'd like to see like to see like how much 
how much we were off by. Well, maybe next year at the, at the CIF meets, you can win a couple of championships in the pole vault and, and the four by one and maybe throw in the hundred, maybe, you know, get a triple out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also, I saw um, high jumped a little bit, um, just uh, one or two meets just for fun. Um, just for fun. Yeah. You, you probably jump six, eight, right? <laughs> um, and there was a, uh, one of, one of our, uh, Actually, someone from a, from a school across from us jumped 6'8". Okay. He was, he was something to look up to. There you go. Well, once again, young man, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been an absolute pleasure for me, and I, I wish you nothing but continued success in your future. Thank you. Yeah. I'd thank like to thank you. everybody for listening. I'd like to thank betonline.ag for being the sponsor on here. Uh, thank you to Tiger Bachmeyer again. And for everybody else that's listening, thank you again and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.